Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey everyone, uh, this is Jason Kebler. Welcome to another episode of Radio Motherboard. Um, today we're going to be talking about Serial, the ultra-popular um, This American Life podcast that follows the 1999 killing of a girl in a Baltimore suburb. Um, if you're listening to this, uh, there are a lot of spoilers, so um, and we're not going to get too much into the case and like that sort of thing. So we're just going to talk about it. If you heard Serial, you'll know what we're talking about. If you haven't, you won't. So listen to us next week or listen to Serial and then listen to us. Anyways, I'm joined here today by Kaylee Rogers, our staff writer. Hi. Uh, I got Eric Franco, who's our staff researcher. Hello. And Chris O'Coin, who is on all of the episodes, so you should probably know him. He is our video mastermind. Anyways, this is probably the part of the podcast where we'd have that awesome intro music uh, that they play in Serial, but uh, we're not going to steal that. Instead, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about what a case like this would look like today. Um, 1999 was a simpler time. Uh, You know, not everyone had cell phones, although Adnan did, um, but he didn't have texting. He didn't have voicemail he didn't have uh you know twitter and facebook and all these things that we use to kind of like remember our day um and i thought you know serial was a really interesting podcast in part because it's like a callback to this time where we had some technology but but not so much and so much of it hinges on remembering where you were or like remembering what happened on a certain day and i just thought that it would be way different today because we kind of have a memory of everything we've been doing. Um, at least a lot of high school kids do these days because they're posting on Instagram every five seconds and they're texting all day. Um, you don't have these like, oh, did I go to the library that day or did I not? Uh, you kind of are tweeting about it all day. Um, so uh, what do you guys think? I mean, does this have a different 
do you think this could happen today? Basically, a case where there's so little like hard evidence. It's a lot of like kind of hearsay and like diaries and like oh I don't remember where I was. But um, what, what would it? What's kind of your initial thought on this? Yeah, I mean it's very. It would be very different today. Just even that much, like the the fact that Adnan gets questioned like a month after Hay goes missing and is asked to recall where were you a month ago and like even now we couldn't do that but we could whip out our phone and be like hold on a sec I can probably piece together what I was doing a month ago or six months ago or six years ago because it's all archived online right right and I mean (laughs) obviously not everyone is doing this all the time but you know enough people are that hey there's a picture of me in the background of this like you know my classmate took a picture or hey uh, I hailed an uber on that day and everyone just kind of all these companies have so much information about you um, and that's something that wasn't really around back in 1999 I mean your GPS is constantly pinging different apps and location data and all that sort of thing um, the, the key uh, kind of comparison that I was drawing as I was thinking about this was so the technology that we're dealing with or that Sarah Koenig is dealing with when pouring over this case is the cell phone towers that this is technology they have no control over it's like which towers are being pinged but you know nowadays the you know the high schoolers would be on Instagram or on Twitter and that's something they do completely have control over so I mean it's it goes it goes both ways there's more there's more obviously tech now to figure out where someone was but also people are more aware of like right i guess especially some adnan today wouldn't be like tweeting where he is obviously so he has control over what is tracking if if at least if if in that regard right if adnan did it and he, he's been convicted. I think it's okay to say. No, I mean, it's not okay to uh, say that. Well, he technically, did. Like, <laughs> sure. like legally, I mean. Legally, it's legally we're, we're clear. Right, but, right. Uh, but, you know, those of us who have our deaths. I mean, the whole point of serial is to determine whether or not he did it. And, you know, whether he did it or not, there is some level of reasonable doubt here. Otherwise, there would be no podcast and there wouldn't be people like falling on either line of it. But yeah, that's a really good point, Eric. I mean, I'm committing a murder. I'm not going to be like, hey, on my way to commit a murder. Or a savvy criminal could manipulate the data to be like, no, I wasn't there. Or, or at least manipulate the data sounds like really intense. Like they could just uh, tweet like, uh, you know, whatever, Instagram, whatever. At the Best Buy. <laughs> it's an alibi, right? Like you could create like yeah. an artificial alibi. Or a real alibi. I mean, nowadays... You know, Asia McLean at the library would probably be like taking a selfie with Adnan and she would be able to say, like, yeah, he was there. Look, it's time stamped, it's GPS stamped. That's true. Yeah. This whole thing could have been solved like so quickly. It's like when you watch <laughs> a movie from the eighties where like if or anything before the eighties, where if there was just a cell phone, like everything would have been avoided. Like <laughs> right. everything if somebody was just fine. like, Hold on, let me call the home office or whatever. Like if some it, but instead they have to go to like pay phones yeah. and, and it's like a large part of the uh the best, the best pop culture like reference to that, I think, is that episode of Seinfeld where they're all trying to meet at the movies, and like it's just thirty minutes of chaos, and you know, no one knows where anyone is, and it's like, if only I had a goddamn text messaging device, like, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah, I actually worked on a, a, a feature, one of the first features I ever edited, um, 
uh, an indie movie called The Aristocrat that, that was like the main conceit of the movie was it took place in the 80s because it was about a con man who found his way into being friends with a traveling salesman and like everything would have been cleared up through like one cell phone call but like the, the con man's allowed to do his thing because nobody's in communication but so you couldn't tell the story now or it wouldn't happen but, uh, and you can download that on the internet somewhere I forget where but it costs you money www.chrisocoin.com. No, no, I didn't direct it. It's, it's, it's like on one of those film sites. I forget which one. Right. But anyway, um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I mean, it is, it, it's funny too because it's not that long. And we're talking about the 90s. Like, so it just wasn't that like... Late 90s. Yeah, yeah. So like we were on the brink of, of this technology, but like the, it really gives you perspective on how like the entire world has changed. Yeah. You know, it's like that photo of... Uh, you, know, you ever seen the photo of the two popes? The like when one of them was being, uh, I forget which I'm one it was. One of them, one of them, it's a photo of one of the popes being sworn in from the same vantage point mm-hmm. that uh, I think when Francis was sworn in, and the photo from like four years before is all people with like cameras, mm-hmm. and then the photo oh, from yeah, when Francis all is smartphones. all smartphones, and then an iPad like perfectly in the middle <laughs> too. It's it's an awesome photo, but right. it's it's like kind of mind blowing. You're like, oh yeah, I forgot. Yeah, and just and not that much time really so i did a little homework i looked up some stats um in 1999 there was apparently like 86 million cell phone subscribers in the u.s the population was like 272 million at that point so that's about a third whereas now um according to the ctia it's more like 97 percent of people have cell phones in the united states that's a big difference i mean if you're thinking which is i mean no surprise but it's a way different world yeah yeah it's and to see that context um just because it's kind of hard to remember like 1999 did i have a cell phone like no i didn't have a cell phone like didn't people have cell phones i think i may have i was only 11 and i think i got my first cell phone in eighth grade so not quite yet but early my family had a car phone you know like that that was definitely my favorite part of serial if you can have a favorite part of a homicide case <laughs> um, but uh, it was the fact that you know they w- did have pagers and they did you know Adnan had a cell phone and I'm just imagining like what his cell phone was like and oh and they they like called each other at their home numbers but uh, the way that they did it was like Hey would dial into this one eight hundred number and then Adnan would call they'd page each other first and then Adnan would call and the call waiting would come through so that the phone would like ring, ring and wake up their I parents love that. Which... I used to do that exact shit like that's yeah. why I was oh, I yeah. was 17 or 18 in uh, 99 no god damn it I was 16 or 17 my bad um anyway so old. Uh, I know I know I'm literally <laughs> was, dying in front of like you eight. right now um, <laughs> <laughs> I know guys I know um I had a cell phone. It was only for emergencies, and nobody ever used it because it cost a fucking fortune to make a call. Um, but my uh, my best friend had a pager, and we would do the the dial like call this uh, any eight hundred number you know that's free, and that was just so it wouldn't wake people up because you'd always be, you know, right. doing making calls in the middle of the night to buy weed or whatever. But, we, should, uh, we should definitely just turn this into Chris O'Coin's Tales from the 90s. I have, I have <laughs> Tales, man. I've got Tales and Tales. No, I'm just kidding. Most of them are like, we played GoldenEye and then we smoked weed and you know, then we hung out. I, I think a key moment we should bring up, though, is from episode five called Route Talk in the show. Uh, that's the first moment that she brings into question the very use of uh, cell phone towers and locating people and she cites a Washington a Washington Post article with the headline experts say 
law enforcement's use of cell phone records can be inaccurate. But what's, what's interesting to me is she brought that up, but unlike so many other details of the story, she never really unpacked that. And then later went to continue to like cite right. people's, uh, yeah, well, not cite, but she continued to use the cell phone tower evidence that corroborated what eventually implicated Anna right Anna. right and that's that's the episode if you don't remember where it's like pretty tedious and she gets like really deep in the weeds of like all this like oh was he in Leakin Park was he not like here's a call here's a cell tower that's ping blah blah but you actually did unpack that article. You talked to the expert, correct? Eric? Yeah, I, I called uh, two people who were uh, cited in that piece. Um, here's what uh, Edward Edward J. M. Winkle read. He's a law professor at UC Davis. Um, uh, had to say about it. The cell tower that makes the decision, the cell phone that makes the decision, the network computer, and for economic and customer satisfaction purposes network computer is trying to balance the load using all of the towers in the network. And that's why you can sit in your room in a 10-minute period, make three cell phone calls to connect to three different towers. You haven't moved at all if you connect to three different towers. Okay, so that was the UC Davis law expert uh, that Sarah Koenig cited in episode 5 of... um, of serial. So yeah, cell phone tower data, not always useful, which Mm -hmm. is actually an interesting thing that comes up a lot um, these days with the use of stingrays. Um, Not sure if you're all familiar with stingrays or not. I cover privacy too much perhaps. It's a a fake cell tower basically that uh, police carry around in the back of their trucks. Oh yeah, yeah. Police have trucks, their cars. They're cruisers. They have vans, too. Yeah, they do. And basically, uh, the point of it is a, a, someone's cell phone will connect to that thingy. It's a regular cell tower, and they use it to track people, um, suspects. And the use of it is extremely controversial because um, it picks up everyone who's in anywhere nearby. Um, and it actually just came out that the Department of Justice uses... Uh, planes to do it as well to track like terror suspects which is which is everybody so they use it to track everyone everybody. yes is a suspect <laughs> everybody in the united states of america um, and, and just to clarify being watched oh, sorry sorry i'm just going off on a tangent um no just to clarify too and it's so like this this case the united states versus evans was like a turning point so now now he says prosec- prosecution witnesses he used the word circumscribed. They're becoming much more circumscribed in the testimony they give. So, I mean, it's the admissibility is still up in the air. So it's all this time has passed from 99, you know, today, 2014. The Washington right. Post article is from 2014. This case is from 2012. Right. But And in it's, Serial, it's like, oh, was he in Lehman Park? Oh, he could have been somewhere else because, you know, cell towers have a huge range and also... You know, who knows what it's peeing or whatever. Yeah, so. and, and he points to, I mean, his example was you can sit in your bedroom, make three separate calls, one after another, and it pings three different cell towers, and you haven't moved at all. Right, right. So what would we use today? I mean, are all of our smartphones have GPS. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, there's there's the big can they just uh, in a court can they just take your smartphone and be like, and well, is it always, I mean, how does it work? Like, how does it get recorded? Like, 
Right, right. Um, well, not everyone has a smartphone with GPS as well. But sometimes they do, and that's it's a contentious issue right now as well. I mean, like, can you? It's falls kind of under the Fifth Amendment. Like, can you yourself like um, incriminate yourself based on your cell data? And like, if your phone is encrypted, can the police uh, unencrypt it so as to take that info and take you know your text messages and everything else? Um, which is a huge like topic right now with, with the FBI, with Apple and Google trying to make encryption standard. Um, but you know, our GPS is on often and it does ping like the fucking weather app that you have. It pings everything. And there's nothing really that's stopping the police from subpoenaing that information if it's stored somewhere. And that's kind of the big question. Is it stored and for how long? Um, which, you know, it's convenient if you have a murder case, but it's slightly less convenient if uh, you are innocent of everything. And Uber has a record of everywhere you've ever been and decides to make, like, infographics about, like, whether you're hooking up with someone because it has, like, devised this system where it can tell if you're taking a ride, a ride of shame, you know. Yeah, then they can also, like, the prosecution could theoretically use all that data to also paint a picture of you as like a less than moral character, which they love to do when they go like, well, this person, you understand. Oh, I mean, that's yep. the like whole here part. And there. I mean, that's what they did with Jay in Serial. It's what they try to do with Adnan as well. You know, the the whole case is a character case. Well, most like, I think most of these kind of things are, right? Like, that's just, it's like what prosecution always likes to use. And it's what the defense likes to use, too, if... Um, Famously, there. so this is a bit of a sidetrack, but there was a case of this kid in Texas who was killed. Uh, he was like a punk rock kid with, you know, this, uh, like a mohawk and torn clothes and shit, kind of standard, like, crust punk guy. He was killed by this jock, um, for lack of a better word. And, uh, <laughs> and Jocks versus nerds. He got, away, he got away with it because at the trial, he ran him over with his car. There was, like, tons of witnesses. And he got away with it because at the trial, the... Uh, defense said uh, he lived a violent lifestyle, and it was in Texas. And the, and the jury was like, "Yeah, he was. He was a piece. He was a he was a punk kid. He was a piece of shit. So he deserved it, or whatever." This is what they said. And that that sounds a lot like you know the West Memphis Three case. It's very similar. Yeah, yeah. Except to you flip it around. Yeah, like they're metal kids, and you know. Um, right. I, I will say that I, as scary as it is that like all these companies have our data and that sort of thing, I don't know that you can subpoena like anything from anyone it, that's kind of you know as nefarious as you want to say facebook is for like storing all this stuff they will fight for you um if the government comes trying to take everything that they have because it's really not a good look for facebook or for uber or for any of these tech startups that know so much about us like venmo god all whoever i'm sending money to <laughs> It's not a good look for them to uh, be giving up your information to the cops the second they come knocking. But it is but scary they did. because they But can. they all did. Like, the precedent's been established. The government came knocking and was like, we want all your information. And they were like, fuck you. And they were like, no, fuck you. We're just going to take it. And then they did. I mean, that's what happened with, Google, with right. the NSA did with, like, Google and... Uh, Facebook and everybody else. And besides that, there's so much information that we're putting out there that's completely public. Like, as journalists, we know, like, when you go to find somebody, you can find a lot of information about somebody real quick. Yeah. 
just through Google. Like you've got Twitter, you've got Swarm. I can see where you went to school. I can see you posting on a group, you know, asking to buy baby stroller equipment right. on Facebook. Like there's so many things that are completely public that just, you know, we don't even <clears throat> think twice about. And you can learn a lot of information that way. Yeah. Like where you've been, what you're doing, where you work. Right, right. Who you're friends with, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, I mean, in, in the in serial, uh, Sarah Koenig, you know, reads passages from Hey, Hey, Min, Hey, Lee, Hey, Lee, Hey, Min Lee, Hey, Min Lee, sorry, um, Hey, Min Lee's uh, diary, mm-hmm. and I think that's like, oh, that's very interesting and kind of feels intrusive, but obviously, if you're dead and murdered, it's important. But you know, now you can go find someone's Zanga from when they were like. 12, or their you know, live or journal, their live journal, or their dead oh journal, or endless <laughs> journals, on and on and on, their blog, their G chats, you know, like, geez, my emails. Yeah. There's so many emails I've sent to people. Like, not to dive even further into meta territory, uh, but in the serial serial podcast, which I believe is the AV Club's mm-hmm. podcast about serial, they mentioned that in that specific instance where they're going through the notes and they see on the top of the note, it says, um, it's written in pen, I want to kill or I'm going to kill. Yeah, yeah. It's I'm going interesting. to kill, yeah. Yeah, she doesn't, it wasn't ever, like, in the show, they didn't ever test the handwriting or anything. Kind of, I'm surprised that she kind of Yeah, yeah, I'm surprised right they didn't that. do that either. They, they pointed that out in Serial Serial, which I thought was an interesting point. Right. Jeez, I don't even know if I could write a sentence like that right now. I haven't written anything with a pen in a very long time other than signing a credit card receipt with gibberish. Yeah. All digital here. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) So I I did a little experiment uh, to test this theory about how we don't remember stuff, but it's all recorded. Uh, So do any of you guys remember what you were doing on November 12th of this year? It's about the same timeline. What what day was it? Uh, it was a Wednesday, I believe. Uh, personally, I have no idea at my this moment, at... but can I, can I look at well, it Well, I, I did a little research. I spent about two seconds. Jason, uh, I think you probably went to Dos Toros that day because you tweeted a photo of Whoa, a bag of tortilla chips. Oh, actually, said, I did not go to Dos <laughs> too Toros Too many chips. <laughs> it's funny you should too ask. Too many chips. <laughs> uh, someone here at Vice ordered catering from Dos Toros and I grabbed a lot of them. Wait, is that an alibi? I was with Jason that that day. Yeah. We, were going, we were going hard on the chips. I remember We were going discussion. real hard on the chips. We were standing up right near the near the entrance and we were eating lots and lots of chips and I was like, oh, I don't even need to eat dinner anymore. I'm just going to eat a bunch of chips. And I didn't have lunch either. And there I was like, go. man, I did not eat that much that day. But I forgot what I did after it. Wait, but I'm I so bet confused I could right now. Are you being honest right now? Is this, I swear is this to God, your, this is, is this your true. faux alibi? Well, <laughs> <laughs> Chris, at like 7.37, you t- retweeted Derek, our, uh, our editor-in-chief here, um, <laughs> something about being totally sober but feeling like drunk tweeting about how great the motherboard team is. Right, and I'm looking at it now, and he drew a pic. He That's took- a very good, it's, it's a lovely photo. And there's like a photo of a cat. It's a cat smoking a butt with a martini and hearts all around it. I don't know if that's any indication where you were doing that night, but... No, I actually, I remember distinctly... <laughs> oh, I know what I did that day. I wasn't with Derek. He tweeted that, and I was somewhere else, and I saw it, and I was like, oh, that's nice. I don't remember where, though. Oh, yeah, I think Derek tweeted that in the middle of the day. 
Eric, I'm you tweeted take, a photo. I tweeted. That's, yeah, you that's rarely tweet, but you did. You did uh, tweet on November twelfth. That's why you picked that day. I bet Eric never tweets. No, I picked well, it we could, because I tried to determine the uh, the right number of days between. You know. Right. Between. Just kidding. Yeah. Anyway, Eric, you you tweeted that Wait, Facebook. Let me see if I could. Okay, was tracking your location despite the fact that your phone was in airplane mode. I don't know why your phone was in airplane mode. Were you flying somewhere? I do remember that. That's no, I was I was on the train. That did happen though. I forgot it was that specific day. Yeah, I'm trying to build. Just my... for the record, I have an alibi for Wednesday, November twelfth. If anyone ha- accuses me of a crime, I've bowling on Wednesday nights. I bowled a one twenty three at the gutter. <laughs> Jason is checking I his just calendar right up now. On a spreadsheet put out by the gutter league. Um, so that's what I was doing that day. Alibi. Alibi. That was a Wednesday? I believe so. It was a Wednesday. Did we record the podcast that day, the first podcast? No. No. First that podcast went ago. up on November 14th. Oh. So then, maybe yeah, we recorded it Thursday the 13th. Yeah. So maybe I was doing some I don't have an alibi for whatever. I was eat, I ate chips with you, but that's all I remember. <laughs> Airtight. Yeah. yeah. What were you the, doing, Kaylee? Uh, I don't know. I know that I wrote about... Um, Philae landing on the comment that day because that was the day that that happened. Oh, so you were here already. So I was here. Kaylee is relatively new to us. So. Yeah. Um, wow, that's, yes. I probably so, worked all day and then went home. Yeah, late, that's what I was And then was thinking. tired. It was a Wednesday. Which isn't a yeah, great what alibi. Yeah, between the 23 minutes of <laughs> 4 and When I left PM. work and before I got home. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, I think I was probably hung over that Wednesday. Because for some reason, Tuesday was like the night that people were doing stuff ever since like the mid-October. I don't know why. Um, okay, I don't think people care that much about our days. But <laughs> that was an, no, that was an excellent uh, kind of experiment. And I think we should kind of end it there. Um, Before we go, though, okay. I have... Wait, who did it? I did it. No. <laughs> Adnan's innocent, I think. We, we, Not should, we, should we say right now that the majority of us haven't listened to the last episode? I think this is going up. Oh yeah. After yeah. the Kaylee last Rogers has listened to every single episode the morning that they came out. I'm yeah. obsessed. We're recording this on Thursday. Uh, the finale just came out. Um, except we all have jobs. Uh, <laughs> except Kaylee has a very long commute, <laughs> so she's listened to it, but I haven't listened to it yet. I've listened to half. Yeah. Anyways, I don't know how it ends. That's we didn't really like need to get into it. Um, I won't spoil it. But yeah, is there a resolution? I figured there just probably wouldn't be a resolution. You'll have to listen There's and find out. There's definitely not a resolution. I can say that with ninety-five percent certainty, yeah. based on what I've heard. It's and a moot point because assuming our audience will probably have listened to it by it the time is. we're. Should we just throw out what we think, though? Well, just Kay- to see how Kaylee knows. Look? So well, Kaylee, Kaylee yeah. Well, I think that uh, regardless of any sort of. From what, everything we've been presented, Adnan should probably not be in jail because there's a lot of reasonable doubt. I think maybe he did it. I think there's a good chance he did it, but there's very little to tie him to it, I think, personally. Or at least there's definitive reasonable doubt, it seems like. I think that's probably, we would all agree, maybe? There's reasonable doubt, and I, I know that that's, that's how you decide whether somebody's innocent or guilty, ultimately, in our uh, system, but... Uh, I can't come up with a, I can't come up with a motive. I mean, this is probably what people thought. Like, I can't come up with a motive for anybody else. Yeah, a even lot of Jay. Can't come a lot of people think Jay did it, and uh, 
That's like the murmurings I've heard at, you know, amongst friends at parties and stuff. Everyone's like, Jay fucking did it. And I'm like, why? I don't think Jay did I, either, He has no but... reason to do it. And I mean, in leading up to the podcast, or excuse me, leading up to the final episode of the podcast, the question was, I mean, does she have an ending? And I mean, my guess is it's going to end exactly how that, that widely circulated quote about this is just a meditation on the nature of truth. And that is my guess of how the last episode will end, which yeah. if you're hearing which, this. You guys are making predictions for the past right now. Yeah. Oh, whatever. Uh, <laughs> um, People think it's fun or they'll hate us. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> That's how it usually goes. Um, on that note. Anyways, thank you for listening to us. I think we've kind of uh, definitively, not definitively, you can't definitively do anything these days without getting called out. I think we have suggested that if something were to happen like this today, there's at least a lot more avenues for evidence, avenues that you can be tracked, which shouldn't be surprising to anyone, I guess, uh, considering all the NSA stuff, considering we all have sensors on our phones and we all take pictures of everything all the time. But I thought it was a pretty like fun thought exercise to be like, oh, what would this look like? And a big takeaway is, and Winkle Reed confirms that, I mean, yes, today, still in the same way that uh, Annan was implicated, they are still using cell phone tower evidence, even though now uh, a prosecutor would be inclined to be a little more, pe- people in the courts are more suspect of it, but it's still being used. Mm. The criminals really use stingrays to, to steal uh, information too, don't they? Uh, no. <laughs> I swear I saw a I mean, maybe it's booth. happened. But I think I saw a thing on the local Stingray booth. are very difficult to procure. I see, you know, this is probably one of those things that they went on, it was on like local news and they were like, have you ever heard of this thing? Everybody's got it, you're fucked. You know, like, <laughs> oh no. Anyways, for Kaylee, Chris, and Eric, I'm Jason Kebler. Uh, We have a fancy new producer. Very many thanks to John Northcraft, who is going to be mixing this. So hopefully it will sound better than some of our past episodes. Anyways, thank you. Goodbye. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.